Just a guy and his journey back to God. Today we're in Acts 23, and we're going to be reading about about Paul and how he ticks off the Jews, the Jewish leaders. But that in all of his predicaments, in all of his potential despair, God is with him and encouraging him. But before we do that, let's go ahead and open with a word of prayer. Father God, thank you for this day. Thank you for all that you've done, for loving us and being so kind. I just pray, Lord, I lift up this time, that you would be the one that we focus on, that your words would be the ones that we hear, that it would be your voice, and it would be your guidance, your thought, your insights, your wisdom. I just pray that you would be the all, our all, and that we would hear you, love you, and know you more. And grow closer. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, <clears throat> so if we remember correctly, just before um, chapter 22 ended, Paul was speaking to the citizens or to the Jews, and <clears throat> he was then brought before the Sanhedrin. So chapter 22 ended with. The commander wanted to find out exactly why Paul was being accused by the Jews. So the next day he released him and ordered the chief priests and all the members of the Sanhedrin to be assembled. Then he brought Paul and had him stand before them. So the commander is trying to get to the bottom of it. At the same time, he's, he's frightened because he put a Roman citizen in chains. And it wasn't just any Roman citizen. It was one who was born a citizen, not one that had paid for it. So let's go ahead and start with verse 1, chapter 23. Paul looked straight at the Sanhedrin and said, My brothers, I have fulfilled my duty to God in all, consci- in all good conscience to this day. And this is the high priest Ananias. At this, the high priest Ananias ordered those standing near Paul to strike him on the mouth. Then Paul said to him, God will strike you, you whitewashed wall. You sit there to judge me according to the law, yet you yourself violate, violate the law by condemning, commanding that I be struck. The challenge they faced was that Paul knew the, the law. <clears throat> he had studied it and he, he knew his stuff. Those who were standing near Paul said, How dare you insult God's high priest? Paul replied, Brothers, I did not realize that he was the high priest, for it is written, Do not speak evil about the ruler of your people. Then Paul, knowing that some of them were Sadducees and and the others Pharisees, called out in in the Sanhedrin, My brothers, I am a Pharisee, descended from Pharisees. I stand on trial because of the hope of the resurrection of the dead. The Pharisees believed in the resurrection of the dead. The Sadducees didn't. So he just started pitting them against each other. When he said this, a dispute broke out between the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And the assembly was divided. The Sadducees say there is no resurrection and that there are neither angels nor spirits, but the Pharisees believe all these things. There was a great uproar, and some of the teachers of the law, who were Pharisees, stood up and argued vigorously. We find nothing wrong with this man, they said. What if a spirit or an angel has spoken to him? The dispute became so violent that the commander was afraid Paul would be torn to pieces by them. He ordered the troops to go down and take him away from them, by force and bring him into the barracks. 
The following night the Lord stood near Paul and said, Take courage. As you have testified about me in Jerusalem, so you must also testify in Rome. Some, some um, translations say, be of good cheer. So, But the bottom line is, God is saying, hey, I'm here with you. Take courage. I'm directing your path. Not only are you going to testify about me here, but you're also going to go to Rome. And so you're going to testify me, about me there. That does two things. One, it shows Paul that he's not going to die, right? He, he's not going to die tomorrow anyways. He's going to, ha- he's going to go to Rome because God, that's God's plan. So that would be something that when you're being attacked and being plotted against, it'd probably be pretty comforting to know that God has additional plans for you in the near future. The next morning, some Jews formed a conspiracy and bound themselves with an oath not to eat or drink until they had killed Paul. More than 40 men were involved in this plot. They went to the chief priest and the elders and said, We have taken a solemn oath not to eat anything until we have killed Paul. I want to go around bragging about that, telling a lot of people. Now then, you and the Sanhedrin petition the commander to bring him before you on the, next, on the pretext of wanting more accurate information about his case. We are ready to kill him before he gets here. But when the son of Paul's sister heard of this plot, he went into the, he went into the barracks and told Paul. Then Paul called one of the centurions and said, Take this young man to the commander. He has something to tell him. So he took him to the commander. The cent- it's interesting because Paul's a Roman citizen. He has great authority and great liberty. He's not in a prison necessarily. He's in the barracks. And he's then having visitors and everything else. And he's able to tell people, the guards, to do stuff. The centurion said, said, Paul the prisoner sent for me and asked me to bring this young man to you because he has something to tell you. The commander took the young man by the hand, drew him aside, and asked, What is it you want to tell me? He said, Some Jews have agreed to ask you to bring Paul before the Sanhedrin tomorrow on the pretext of waiting more at, wanting more accurate information about him. Don't give in to them because more than 40 of them are waiting in ambush for him. They have taken an oath not to eat or drink until they have killed him. They are ready now, waiting for your consent to their request. The commander dismissed the young man with this warning. Don't tell anyone you have reported this to me. Then he called two of his centurions and ordered them, Get, re- get ready a detachment of 200 soldiers, 70 horsemen, and 200 spearmen to go to Caesarea at nine tonight. Provide horses for Paul so that he may be taken safely to Governor Felix. He wrote a letter as follows. Claudius Lysias to His Excellency Governor Felix. Greetings. This man was seized by the Jews and they were about to kill him. But I came with my troops and rescued him, for I had learned that he was a Roman citizen. I wanted to know why they were accusing him, so I brought brought him to their Sanhedrin. I found that the accusations had to do with a question about their law, but there was no charge against him that deserved death or imprisonment. When I was informed of a plot to be carried out against the man, I sent him to you at once. I also ordered his accusers to present you their case against him. So he kind of whitewashed some of the things, how he found out he was a Roman citizen. He forgot to, he neglected to include that he, oh yeah, I threw him in chains and that sort of thing. So the soldiers carried out their orders, took Paul with them during the night, and brought him as far as Anapaterus. The next day, they let the cavalry go on with him when they returned to the barracks. When the cavalry arrived in Caesarea, they delivered the letter to the governor and handed Paul over to him. 
The governor read the letter and asked what province he was from. Learning that he was from Cilicia, he said, I will hear your case when your accusers get here. Then he ordered Paul to be kept under, under guard in Herod's palace. So think about it. God said, hey, don't worry. I'm with you. And, uh, you know, take courage. And you've got more to do. I've got more of a plan. And Paul went from a prison cell when he was first imprisoned by the commander to the barracks. And now he's in the, now he's in the, the, the um, home of Herod, the palace. Kind of a good upgrade, right? And we'll see what happens tomorrow in chapter 24. But with that, I'm just going to go ahead and close with some prayer. Father God, thank you for this day and for this word. Thank you for the encouragement that you're with us at all times. Even in our darkest moments, you still have a plan for us that needs to be fulfilled and that you're there walking side by side with us. So, Father, I just lift up this day. I pray that we would walk with you and be aware of your presence, that we would do your will and understand who it is we serve. May you be honored and glorified in all that we say and do and think. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining me at Just a Guy and His Journey Back to God. I hope you have a fabulous day.